Hello, everyone, and welcome. You are listening to the Road Back Home podcast, a podcast dedicated to the complexities of the human experience and specifically the healing journey within that experience. We are super excited that you're here. If you hear something that you like or that you have a question about or a critique of, or if you're interested in coming on the show or have a recommendation of someone to come on the show and share their story and their individual healing journey, you can reach out to me at the road back home podcast at gmail.com. Once again, that is the road back home podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for being here. Hello, everyone. Um, I am here today with Rihanna Rohr. Um, Rihanna uses she, her pronouns and is a BFA theater studies major at Nebraska Wesleyan University. Um, she plans to go into directing musical theater, playwriting, and theater management. She also has a marketing minor. Um, Rihanna, thank you so much for being here today. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, this will be great. So. Um, the first question that I usually ask um, people when they come on this show is, what does healing look like to you? Healing, that's kind of a, I feel like when I think of healing, to me, healing looks different every day. Uh, some days I just lay in bed all day and that's perfectly fine because I've accepted that that's part of the healing process. Um, you kind of, I kind of let it, I define it as I go. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's really trusting your own self and doing what you think is best for you in the moment rather than doing what you think everyone else wants you to do. Um, so yeah, it's kind of different day to day. Yeah, absolutely. And so um, you've shared a little bit of your background story with me, um, but I just want to kind of give you the opportunity to share some of that background and what your healing journey has looked like up to this point um, to where you are right now. Okay, so I was sexually assaulted when I was really young. I don't know the specific age because I kind of tried to forget about it and pretend like it didn't happen. So a lot of the memories of that are faded away. Um, so I was assaulted when I was a child and I didn't start getting help with therapy or like through my doctor or anything until about when quarantine hit, when COVID kind of started. Um, it started off, I kind of just pretended that it didn't happen for a really long time and I found myself just being angry at everything 24-7 because I just had so much built up inside of me and I couldn't release it or know how to handle it. Mm. Um, I had so much blame for myself and because I had so much blame for myself I would project that onto others. Um, so yeah, it wasn't until I came to college, I kind of like got out of the state that everything happened. I pretty much started a new life and was like, okay, all right, so now, now everything's good in my life right now. Now is the time that I really need to dig and keep getting better. Cause my, my biggest 
worry growing up was I have to be normal. And because I was assaulted, I will never ever be able to be normal. So I have to hide it throughout my entire growing up phase. And so I kind of was like, okay, I don't have to hide it. I have to face it. I have to say this isn't my fault. This isn't uh, something that I could have controlled or done different differently about. Um, and I had to let go a lot of that anger that I had towards myself and a lot of resentment that I had towards myself too. Um, so I started getting help through a service called the Compass Center, uh, which is a, it provides free therapy and trauma therapy specifically to survivors of sexual assault and domestic violence survivors. And that is through anyone in South Dakota can do that. Um, so yeah, I started reaching out to them because I couldn't afford therapy. And so I found this organization that provided it for free. So I was like, okay, cool. This is, this is a way that I can go and start healing because I've always known that I wanted to get better, but I didn't understand how to get better. I just felt sort of trapped in this miserable resent state. Mm -hmm. So when I finally reached out and was like, Hey, I'm going to get some help from you guys. Then I started working through a lot of that stuff and yeah. And here we are today. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I think, you know, especially when it comes to um, childhood trauma and to um, sexual assault, there's just, it can manifest in so many different ways, especially in the way that, that um, it's discussed in society. And uh, I, I can't even imagine what it was like to, to carry that around for such a long time. Um, and I'm, uh, I'm so sorry that that happened to you. Um, and I, I think that it's, it's incredible that since coming to college, you've been able to um, receive the help that you, um, that you needed and that you deserved. Um, and I was wondering, um, you know, as you started um, receiving help with the Compass Center, what were some of the ways that um, they helped you to um, begin to let go of some of the shame? And what were some of the more, most meaningful things that, um, the most meaningful tools that were given to you um, to, to apply within your life. Um, it, this can be something that they said to you. This can be um, a particular activity or channel. Um, just anything that you have, um, have experienced through treatment that has um, helped you to um, heal on a day-to-day -day basis. Right. Um, well, one thing that I liked about the Compass Center was they didn't force you to talk about anything that you didn't want to talk about. Um, so I, I didn't talk about anything for a while. We would just talk about normal stuff, I guess, in a way. And there was one, I mentioned how I see my life in South Dakota and then how I see my life here at college. And we did this activity where uh, we do a painting 
and the left side of the paper is uh, life when I was younger and the right side is life during college and so just subconsciously a lot of things were tweaked on each side um, that I didn't even realize that I was doing so that it was just kind of an eye-opening experience it just you could see all of the resentment on the side back home um, yeah, um, one thing I also like about the Compass Center is that they have a call center so that if you are ever having, like, a panic attack or you need help, you can call them and someone's there to help you guide through things. Um, so I, I called them once because I was working at an escape room company and the name of my abuser came up for the group that I was supposed to run. Mm. Wow. And I don't actually know if it was the abuser there, but I, I went into full panic mode um, to the point where I was just laying on the ground outside and I couldn't move my arms and legs. Wow. And so I called them and they really helped me calm, calm me down by doing like the five senses of like five things you can hear. Um, going down to like one thing you can taste. Oh. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and also having just a really good support group around me, just to keep reminding me no matter how many times I tell myself that it was my fault, that they tell me that it wasn't my fault. And they understand that it's not just gonna, they don't get upset that I don't believe myself every time I say it, etc. Yeah, having a good support group is so important. And um, you mentioned kind of, you know, when you came to college, how that was kind of the, um, that kind of led you into the transitional um, period. And what did that start to look like for you as you moved from the resentment and the feelings of shame um, into uh you know, the, the period after those feelings. Um, I mean, I'm sure, you know, trauma, there's no linear healing is not a linear journey. So I'm sure that there are, are times that those things still came up, but what did that kind of transitional period look like for you as you were within your support system? Like, can you think of different ways that you started to um, experience the world around you? Can you think of a particular conversation that you had with someone, like kind of that period where you realized like, you know, I'm really, um, I'm really in a different, different phase of this healing process. And I'm, I'm starting to let some of these things, um, be released. Was there like a, um, a defining moment or, or daily moments within that journey for you? Yeah. Um, so basically in high school, I, I just, okay. So I was angry all the time in high school and I was angry at myself. And I think the reason why I was angry was because I was putting limitations on myself that I had to be a certain way to be accepted mm -hmm. in high school and life in general. Um, I tried to make everyone happy, so people pleasing. Um, 
making everyone happy and putting everyone else's needs in front of my own. And then when I came to college, I, I thought, no one knows me here. No one from my high school went to this college. So I was like, oh, I'm a totally different, I can be whoever I want to be now. No one knows me at all. Um, and then I started hanging out with my core group of friends and I realized that they were totally fine expressing themselves. And then when I was being like, hey, I want to express myself this way, or this is my opinions. They, even if they have different opinions, they still are very open to me. And I guess that idea of saying, hey, it's okay to be you and we still accept you um, made me get rid of that notion that I have to be normal. Yeah. And made me think, oh, I get to be me. Wow. Yeah. What, what, uh, that is such a gift. I'm so glad that you were able to have a community that, um, that showed you that that was true. And, um, that's really powerful. And then regardless of if you're talking about, um, you know, because there's so much more, um, to us than what we struggle with. And so being able to have a community where you could not only talk about perhaps what you've been through, but also just feel like you didn't have to hide any other parts of yourself. That is so um, powerful. And, and so you, you, it sounds to me like there was a lot of um, inspiration from other members of your friend group um, being their authentic selves and expressing themselves. Um, is that, uh, would you say that that's true? Like that has been what your experience has been with your community of friends? Yeah, absolutely. Uh... So in the theater department, I looked up to a lot of the upperclassmen who were just unapologetically themselves. Mm -hmm. And I just looked up to that so much because that is something that I've been craving for so long. It's just how can you be so confident in yourself and how do you not care if, if who you are makes someone else unhappy? Mm -hmm. Um, and so I kind of, I kind of, for a long time, I just tried to control what others think about me because I thought that that was more important than what I thought about me. Mm -hmm. And so really being in that space where people are just like, no, this is who I am. And if people don't like me, then they don't like me, but there's going to be that group that likes me. Yeah. Yeah, that is such a powerful realization. And so now, um, how would you say that that has, you know, throughout your years at college, how would you say that that kind of coming into yourself and that in coming into being someone that you like um, and that is liked by the people that matter most within your group, like, what does that look like? Like, how would you describe um, the the person that you are now and the things that you feel within yourself that you may have not um, not had the, the freedom to feel um, at earlier points in your life. So maybe this could be words that you use to describe yourself now or elements of your life. Like what has that, how, how do you feel um, as you come into this authentic version of yourself um, and unapologetic version of yourself? It's really scary. Yeah. 
I think I would be lying if I just said, oh, it's amazing, everything's totally fine, uh, but I, I think of myself as a very empathetic person because I don't want anyone to be hurt the way that I've experienced pain before. Mm -hmm. And so there's moments when I, when I know that what I'm doing is for myself and it's right, mm -hmm. but I understand where people are coming from. But at, at some point, I have to stop and be like, okay, this is this is for me mm -hmm. right now. Uh, it's almost like you can't give so much to others. You have to s save yourself for yourself. Yeah. Um, so I guess like not always saying yes to things. Um, also... It's, it's just basically setting up personal boundaries. Yeah. Um, et cetera. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. What has been, when you say it's scary, what has been the scariest part of that for you? Um, I've always been scared of change. So it's changing that perspective that change is scary. It's... Because for so long, I was like, no, I, I'll just continue being the way I am because uh, that's the way I've only ever known it. And going into changing my life, even if it was for something better and beginning a healing process, which is going to hurt me, just avoiding pain in general will be better than getting pain. But I know that I have to dive into some of those painful experiences in order to have a change in my life yeah so i guess not knowing what's gonna happen is scary yeah yeah i completely agree with that um do you when you were um are, do you still um receive treatment at the compass center or is that something that um you have stopped doing at this point and are kind of in a different stage so I still go there when I'm in South Dakota, but since I'm not in South Dakota currently, I can't go there because it's in right. their guidelines. Um, but I still see different people here. Okay, and so that was gonna be a question that I had for you. Like, have you been able to find um, resources in this area? Because I think um, a lot of times, especially when it comes to um, those who have gone, who have endured trauma, um, there's a lot of trauma therapists, but the thing that I loved about, um, what you, what you stated about the compass center is the accessibility of it, um, to those that live in South Dakota. So have you, what has your experience been like, um, with treatment here? Have you been able to have, um, you know, as many accessible options and how has having a resource like the compass center made you think differently about what this community may still need? Um, because I don't know, have you have you found anywhere that that does similar things to the Compass Center in Lincoln in terms of that accessibility piece? Um, I know there's an organization called Voices of Hope. I don't use the organization very much. I personally just go through the school here um, because it's cheaper, I believe. So um, yeah. 
but I do think that the Compass Center is something that needs to be everywhere because one, I think their main mission that they say on their website is um, you shouldn't have to pay to heal from something that wasn't your fault. Absolutely. This is what someone else did to you. Absolutely. I completely agree with that. I think that philosophy is so crucial. And um, I had, I've seen um, before, you know, on your social media that like expressions of that exact sentiment, right? Of like, you shouldn't have to, you know, bear a financial burden for something that's already so burdensome that was done to you by someone else. Right. Um, so I think and it, it leaves out it leaves out a bunch of people. It just makes it less accessible. So it further encompasses like wage gaps too, because if you can't afford it, what are you supposed to do then? Right. So this being free really, cause that's why I couldn't get any treatment or anything done because I couldn't afford it. Yeah. But this being free completely opened it up for me. Yeah, that's absolutely incredible. Um, that needs to be, I agree with you. I think that needs to be a much wider spread. Um, you know, that needs to be much wider spread. There needs to be more resources um, for uh, specifically for trauma victims um, because that, that inaccessibility is a huge problem and especially when it comes to finances. Um, so I'm, I'm really glad that you were able to receive that help and, and share about what your experience was there. Um, and I think that this community, along with many others, could really benefit from um, having uh, something like that. I also um, am aware of Voices of Hope. I haven't um, uh, personally gone through there, but yeah, I think that that's a great resource um, that we hear about a lot at, at our school. Um, and, but yeah, I just, I really completely agree with you about the need for that increased accessibility. Um, I was wondering, um, so again, you talked about um, these feelings of resentment um, that manifested in other areas of your life that were projected into other areas of your life. And you talked about shame and feeling the need to keep quiet. What has it been like? Um, I guess this is a two-part question. So first of all, what um, inspired you to take this very um, vulnerable and courageous action of, of sharing your story, both in this platform, but then in any other area where you have, have spoken about what you went through and what your process has been? What inspired that for you? What moved you to, to do that? So I, towards the end of high school, a couple of my friends came up to me that they were gay mm -hmm. and they that was really hard for them because they went to Catholic schools and pretty much were shunned from their whole family, everything. And someone being vulnerable like that was like, oh, okay, I can be vulnerable now. Um, so kind of why I wanted to share my story is because if I was, if my younger self could hear me right now, I think that she would have gotten help a lot sooner. 
she could have started being happy sooner. Oh, yeah, that's really powerful. And that's actually interesting that you mentioned your younger self, because another question that I think is really important and that I like to ask um, people who, who come on to share their stories is what would you tell your younger self now looking back? Uh, this isn't your fault. You don't have to hate yourself for it. Um, and it gets better. Yeah. That's so helpful. Or so like not to feel shame at all. Um, cause even, cause a lot of people don't talk about the shame aspect that comes in healing. Yeah. Uh, the reason why so many survivors have a, they don't want to start their healing process is because there's so much shame in healing Yeah. for no reason. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's because especially women have been taught since they were very little that they should be ashamed of their bodies. Yep. 100%. And because of that, if something happens like that, especially when you're younger, you're going to feel like that's your fault and that you should have done that. That was shameful for you to give them the thought of that. Mm -hmm. That's really not what happened at all. Um, so it's, I think I would tell myself to not be ashamed of wanting to be pretty or for a long time, I was really afraid of looking young because I thought looking young made me attractive. So all through high school, I dressed in business casual because I wanted to look older. Um, and if I looked older and more serious, and if I was more angry, people would not come near me and people wouldn't hurt me. Yeah, yeah, you were doing it to protect yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah, also like not being ashamed to like have my first kiss mm -hmm. or any sexual experiences. Right. There was just so much shame attached to that too. And I would just tell myself not to feel shame for that. Yeah, absolutely. And what is something, again, um, you know, we can't go back in time, but, but if there was something that you could pinpoint that you wish someone had said to you or asked you as, um, you know, in your, in your childhood, what would that have been? What, what do you, if you could pinpoint something that, um, that you needed and that um, you hope could be offered to um, another child going through something like what you went through, what would that have been? What was it that you needed someone to, to ask you or to hold the space for? I think that, again, it just goes back to not blaming myself. If someone were to just validate my feelings about it, I think it would have helped a lot. Um, I do remember this specific moment in elementary school where they did a um, presentation on abuse. Mm -hmm. And they had 
basically at the end of the presentation, they're like, okay, raise your hand if you've been abused and we can talk to you afterwards in front of the whole class. Oh, dear. And I wanted to raise my hand and I wanted to reach out and get help, but I was so scared of everyone seeing me differently. Yeah. 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 That, that definitely, that was not that in front of your peers and everything. That's, that's yeah. what they were asking for. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That, uh, that is really hard. Um, yeah, that's a, that feels like a complete violation of that feeling of safety. If they wanted to be able to help, um, you know, asking someone in front of all of their peers is to, to say, um, that they had been abused. That's, that's, uh, that's not a good move. Um, so, yeah. so you think you would have, you needed something, you needed the help to be presented in a different way. Yeah. The, the way help was being presented. Okay. So the way that this topic is being taught in education systems is not great at all. Mm -hmm. Um, just education on this needs to be better. Yeah. Um, Great. I'm actually trying to work on a nonprofit company that is called Pieces, and it's what the goal is to help. So we would put on short plays and we'd go around to different schools, different colleges, different organiza organizations, and we'd put on certain plays based on the different levels that we're presenting to about like shame and assault healing and um, good touches, bad touches, um, how to heal from trauma. Because right now, like when you go to like welcome week or anything, there's, okay, sexual assault is bad. Okay, but then what? Right. What happens after? And I sort of want to use this uh, nonprofit as a way to expand Title IX, mm -hmm. because right now Title IX is very good book-wise, but relationship-wise with that person, not good at all. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's this whole process missing of healing, which takes so long and so much effort. And it's a continuing pain that survivors have to go through Absolutely. and work through and not having that support system from title nine really is damaging to people. Yeah. Yeah. So what kinds of, um, if you had to speak to the particular areas that title nine could improve, would it be, um, with more direct resources, um, for dealing with trauma? Would it be for more people, um, on the, like, the Title IX team that maybe have um, experience dealing with mental health, with trauma, um, specifically tied to situations of sexual assault, what would that look like for you in terms of improving um, what's offered through Title IX? What specifically do you think that needs to be, um, to be added to that? Because I think that's a really important point. Um, and I think that any student who, is going to, um, you know, go through a Title IX process or consider going through one is going to need to have that healing aspect. So how do you think that that can increase for students? And what do you think um, needs to be added in terms of what they offer? 
Um, I think that the Title IX department needs to reevaluate how they look at these students. Mm. They need to not look at, um, oh, this is just a, a checkbox that needs to be checked. Right. Um, but this is a person that we want to help and we need to help. Um, rather than just being like, okay, let's get them through the process so it's all done on paper and then go have fun, go live life. But helping them and knowing that there's accommodations that people need um, in classrooms and they need to understand that there's the mental health that af affects people because of this, they just need to understand more. We need more... Um, resources like that and they do they do list like voices of hope and some counseling centers but again that still is somewhat limiting to people who can't afford any therapy 100 percent, yeah yeah maybe like some sort of action plan in terms of we see you as a human being we know the that this has caused you tremendous suffering um let's talk about what what you're what's going to be accessible to you in terms of how to heal um to just show that there's that support and that recognition and i think what you mentioned about being able to break out of the formalities of how things look on paper like it may be mandatory for there to be a paragraph about title title nine on a syllabus but what does it look like in terms of the actual classroom dynamics and the accommodations that the student is receiving and things like that right yeah, right. that's, I think that's really powerful. Um, and, you know, really being able to acknowledge that, that humanity and that need for healing and like, um, you know, even affirmations within um, the process of, of this is a terrible situation that you had to go through. And um, do you have the support that you need? Do you have the resources that you need? How can we really direct you? You know, having something down on paper it's really not enough um, right. at the end of the day. And if they, it's really important because if they view students as a checkbox that needs to be filled, the student is going to feel like they are a burden to the university. Absolutely. When they already feel like a burden enough yeah, because of the amount of shame that goes into a topic like this. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm interested to hear a little bit more about this nonprofit organization um, pieces and how this occurred to you and what the primary goals of, of that nonprofit will be um, in order to help other people with their healing journeys. Um, so do you have like uh, some of the like primary goals and things that you are hoping um, that this will um, that this will accomplish for people and, and um, you know, specific ways that it will be a um, a tool of, of support in their healing? Yes. So basically the goal of the company is to further education on this topic and start it in classrooms because okay. just ignoring it adds on to the shame aspect of trauma. So we need to approach these topics in specific ways that are benefit to certain age groups because like I was assaulted in elementary school. Right. There was no, there was nothing in any sort of curriculum that would help me in any way to develop into a healing process. So working something like that into a curriculum so that people, because it happens, unfortunately, when people are young, 
yeah. a lot more often than people think. Yep, absolutely. And so really working that into a curriculum can help so many people and help change mindsets that um, cause these situations in the first place. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And I think um, what you said about you know introducing it when um, students are young, not only is it providing um, education and like um, that feeling of being seen to students who may be, um, may either have undergone or are currently undergoing um, abuse or assault, but it also is um, providing that necessary education to their peers um, in a way that I think could be helpful in just, and, and also, I mean, even to like educators in the room, you know what I mean? Like, and it's bringing, it's, it's working in that, um, it's working to destigmatize, which I think is absolutely crucial. Um, I think it is so powerful. And I, I love the fact that you are taking um, this experience that you've had and what your healing journey has been and, and channeling it through, um, through theater. I think that that is really powerful. And I think that art in general has such a capacity to convey um, these important messages and help people feel seen in ways that they have not have not before. Um, and I think that that's especially interesting. Um, I don't have a super advanced knowledge of theater, but I know that it has been um, a really powerful instrument of speaking to these um, to these issues and, and causing people to feel, feel seen um, when it comes to really, really crucial um, social issues. Um, I think that there's something so human in theater right like it's just it's something absolutely incredible and the fact that you are channeling that um within this nonprofit, i think is is just absolutely incredible and i'm curious um you know what obviously um theater is is your uh you know your focus um collegiately and beyond and so i'm, I'm curious to know what has what role has theater played in your personal healing process um and how do you, how have you seen it help others as well? So a lot of my professors talk about this, but they think that every single person should take a theater course mm -hmm. because theater is based off of life. And if you can play a character or if you can go to a show and you can design a show, you're understanding a different perspective that is not your own. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of just able, you're able to see different perspectives literally played out in front of you. Right. And you have to sit down, you can't talk, and you have to listen. Which I think is something that's hard to come by. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, I'm having trouble thinking of very many contexts at all outside of theater where that is, you know, something, I mean, where that's something of, of such high importance. I think that theater is very unique in that way. Right. Um, also, in a way, for the Pieces Theater Company, it's not only for survivors, but it's also for people who want to help. Oh my gosh, yeah. 
because because like if someone's having a panic attack and you have no idea how to handle someone who is having a panic attack in front of you you're gonna feel so bad because you don't know how to help them even though you want to help them and it's not your fault for not knowing it's our education just doesn't teach us these things yeah i completely agree with you and so do you plan on like do you think that different shows will be adapted based on the like age group that they're going to be presented to is that kind of your vision for um you know what kinds of shows to present in in which contexts yeah absolutely so um I think that so for younger audiences, there will be like the good touch, bad touch. Um, how do you deal with certain emotions, um, etc. And then when you get older, it's kind of like how do you deal with panic attacks? How do you deal helping with someone, helping someone going through this? How do you get help? Absolutely. Because that seems to be something that's hidden for some reason, like resources. Um, like the Compass Center. Like, I didn't find the Compass Center for a long time, even after it was created. Mm -hmm. So how do you find ways to get help? Yeah. Yeah, that is, that's just, that's so powerful. And I think that so many people, um, children, teenagers, college students, um, are going to be so deeply impacted and not only um, feel seen if they have suffered, but also feel like they can um, better care for those around them. I think that that is just an absolutely incredible um, idea. And I have you, so have you um, performed any um, productions yet, or are you still in the process of kind of the startup of the company? So I developed the whole company idea through theater management. Wow. And I presented um, about um, the company at the end of the semester. And then during winter term, I took entrepreneurship, which I continue to develop and do research on that. And so I did lots. I did over like 30 interviews of different teachers, different professors, different therapists about their ideas, people who already have nonprofits. Um, And so right now I'm kind of just I'm still doing some research on it. Um, just because I'm reaching out to different peers that I know who would want to be involved in something like this. Um, but also developing a nonprofit takes a little bit of time, like going through the, um, the paperwork of things. Definitely. Yeah. So do you, um, how can, you know, listeners at home be, be, um, available to support this as you continue to work um in the startup is there um you know a specific um website that they can be going to or or anything that we can um can share with listeners right now or should they just kind of um you know keep following you and be prepared to see um you know when this continue like as this continues to develop um what's the best way for them to to support to express their support in the project Absolutely. So I will be posting about it on my Instagram and I'll be probably posting about it on Facebook as well. Once it gets further along in the process, Um, I'll also probably put a call out 
through the university um, about people wanting to audition for it or ways that they can support it because not only actors can do it we're gonna have like benefit shows of like um spoken word poetry and then like different music different plays different monologues artwork etc um so people can look out for that um too wow that is that's brilliant um would you be uh comfortable sharing your um where people can find you on instagram and facebook um if they want to kind of have a look yeah. out. okay what are your so, those? so my instagram is at renee underscore roar it's my middle name it's okay. r-a-n-a-e underscore r-o-h-r-e-r awesome and then my Facebook is just Rihanna Roar. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Well, I'm I'm excited that um, that folks will be able to keep up with what you're going to be doing with this organization. I think that's absolutely incredible. And what a way to channel every aspect of of your life experience, both you know this incredibly difficult thing, but then also um, your passion for theater and your understanding of the way that that the arts can express these things and um your passion for educating um youth and beyond on these hard topics and creating a safe space for them to be able to um to access resources and to help one another i mean that is just um purely brilliant and i think just such a testament to what your own um healing process has been like and and has it been have you found um healing through the development of the nonprofit? have you felt that that has been um something that that continues to help you on your journey absolutely so i kind of think of this as the people who can get help from this i see them as my younger self and so a way that's it's healing to know that i can help someone else yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, that that's so inspirational. I've also been inspired through this interview to take a theater class. Um, I've wanted to all throughout my undergrad experience, and this just really honed it in for me. I would really, really love to have that experience. Um, and yeah, I just want to thank you so much again for um, sharing this experience and sharing, um, you know, the ways that it has impacted you. And uh, you touched on the fact at the beginning of, of the interview that healing looks different every single day. And I think that that is such an important thing um, to keep in mind, um, you know, as, as we navigate um, our, our lives and especially when it comes to dealing with trauma. Um, is there anything else that, um, that you'd like to share um, with our listeners? Um, <laughs> uh, I'm just going to reiterate that healing looks different every day and don't, don't feel like healing, your specific healing is going to look similar or linear to someone else's. Healing is all about knowing and trusting what is best for you. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you so much again for um, sharing your story and um, sharing about uh, the Pieces Theatre Company. And um, it's just been, it's been a gift for me to be able to 
to hear your story and have this conversation with you. And I just um, will be following closely to see, uh, to watch the development of this organization. And um, yeah, just know that you, you have my full um, support and everything. So thank you so much again. Thank you for having me. This has been the Road Back Home podcast. We're so excited to have you along for this journey with us. Thank you for listening. And once again, if you are interested in coming on the show or know of someone who may be interested, or if you have any sort of comments or feedback that you would like to share, you can let me know in an email to the Road Back Home Podcast at gmail.com. Once again, that is the Road Back Home Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for joining us on this healing journey.